0: Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Grace Church on a Wednesday night. We're glad that you could be here with us on campus. It's nice to see some smiling faces. And for those of you that are joining us via live stream and Facebook live, we're just going to trust that you are smiling wherever you are. So it's, um, it's a blessing to have you with us as well. Just want to give you one quick announcement this evening. I um, want to remind you that on Tuesday, October 5th, we will have First Tuesday Prayer here in the sanctuary at 7:30, So please keep that in mind. Mark that on your calendar. Hopefully you can join us here in the sanctuary for prayer on Tuesday, October 5th. In John chapter 13, uh, it's the, the last supper, a setting that most of us that have been in church our whole lives are familiar with. We've heard a lot of scriptures and seen it enacted a lot of different ways. But in John 13, verses 3 and 5. In the King James, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Another translation says, Same passage of scripture, but it says, now Jesus was fully aware, Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control, for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and to dry them with his towel. We're about three weeks into a series called Real ID in the adult Sunday school class, and the series is about living according to who God says you are, living according to who God says you are, not your past, not your friends, not your boss, not your wife, not your husband, not your ex, living according to who God says you are, not who your mistakes and failures say you are, not who your accomplishments and successes say you are, but living according to who God says that you are. So far in that series, we've used words like masterpiece, overcomer, ambassador. One of the central ideas in the series is that when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And that's what we see from Jesus here in John chapter 13. Jesus didn't have a problem washing dirty feet. He didn't mind doing what no one else in the room was willing to do. He was perfectly within himself being God-made flesh and being the lowliest person in the room and washing other people's dirty feet because he knew who he was. He knew who he was in God. You know, maybe a lot of the times whenever we struggle with knowing what to do as certain situations come up in our lives, It has more to do with our understanding of our godly identity than it does with a lack of training or a lack of knowledge or a lack of resources. When we know who we are, we'll know what to do. So y'all think about that tonight. Turn to somebody, give them a fist bump tonight. If you're sitting too far away to give them a fist bump, make it an air fist bump. Tell them I'm going to think about it. I was a little weak. Tell them I'm going to think about it. God bless you this evening. Thank
1: you, Brother Coop. Great to see everybody here tonight. And uh, always excited about our uh, Wednesday night uh, get-together here at Grace Church. I enjoy um, fellowshipping with all of you, and I certainly never take this moment for granted uh, to stand before you and and share with you uh, things that I believe the Lord has talked to my heart about before we jump into our presentation tonight there's two things i'd like to mention to you uh, we uh, made you aware this past sunday of uh joyce lawrence's passing a lot of you will maybe remember her one of the sweetest one of the most fantastic people um that i knew and uh for the things that the path that her life has taken her down uh, has been extremely difficult, and um, somehow or another she was able to master that situation instead of the, the, the things she's been through. Anyway, all those things being said, her we're, we're going to wake her here and have her service here Monday. Um, the uh, public viewing for everybody begins at 9.30, and the service will start at 11.30. So if there's any way you can come and be a part of that it would be very meaningful uh, to the family we love Joyce Lawrence and uh, she's been a tremendous tremendous blessing and asset to this church for years Uh, I really uh, all of you know Dallas and Brianna Uh, Brianna uh, was a strong strong part of our youth group Uh, we married them and then uh, in her pursuit of her uh, choice of college for a college education took them to Tennessee and we, we missed them. But she was first brought to church by Joyce Lawrence in a church van, I'll never forget that, along with a number of other very young three, four-year-old uh, children. Some of them were as young as three and four years old. Sister Lawrence was an amazing person. Her service will be here, will start uh, at 11.30 Monday and uh, public viewing will begin at 9.30. There's one more thing I would like to say tonight before I begin my presentation. I have been assured by a number of people that what happened here this past Sunday, um, anybody here that knows me, knows full well, that I had nothing to do with that. That is not my style. I didn't hint i didn't uh whatever word you want to put in that blank none of that happened Um, i was completely taken back by it but all of that being said i deeply appreciate it and i have to applaud grace church Um, my brother brother tom mentioned to me uh, when we went to lunch he said i hope you're not mad at me I did tell a couple of people that came through the line and was just being so very kind and so very sweet. I, I asked a couple of people, why does it feel like I'm at my funeral, but I'm standing here alive and upright. And um, <clears throat> But I was able to assure my brother, no, I'm not, I'm not mad at you in any stretch, but I just didn't feel like we have a lot of pastor saint issues here. Like some churches do, and I'm very thankful for that deeply appreciate that but for all of you that stayed and came by and just expressed your heart to sister Murphy and now you don't know how much it meant uh, we're very very thankful for this church it's it's been a long 28 years it's but it's been it's been trying times as you know but it's been wonderful across the board it's been wonderful I'm very thankful very very thankful for this church Um, Last night we were in Cincinnati, Uh, we participated, I was given the highest honor to participate in Bishop Buller's funeral. Um, That funeral service lasted about two hours and in my opinion he was worthy of every minute of that. His pastor did a phenomenal job Uh, in his presentation. Everyone that participated in that funeral service did an amazing job. Uh, that's my aunt and uncle a lot of you are aware of that they've been mentors, counselors Uh, they've guided us they've walked us through some very dark times and my aunt is going to need a lot of prayer they were married 65 years to put that in perspective they had been married a year when I was born and uh, she's going to need a lot of prayer if you would do that Evelyn Buller, if you could add her to your prayer list, it would be deeply, deeply appreciated. Thank you for all of your thoughts and prayers this week for Sister Murphy and I and their family. Let me begin tonight with a presentation uh, for tonight. I'm I'm talking to Grace Church. I'm delivering to you uh, very strategically, if you will, our church vision. And uh, I've gotten a lot of very positive feedback uh, from it, from these, um, the past two Wednesday nights. The first Wednesday night, I talked to you about attitude. Last Wednesday night, I talked to you about vision itself. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about purpose. Next Wednesday night, in my opinion, is going to be the most important of the four that I will teach, and that is on culture. And I would deeply appreciate it if everybody could be here next Wednesday night if you have to cancel your wedding plans and uh, your funeral your intensive care unit stay whatever you have to do uh, to be here next Wednesday night I deeply deeply appreciate it to me as far as I'm concerned and I will make the statement next Wednesday night Lord willing that I don't care how much you do right you can do everything excellent but if the culture isn't here for it if the feeling environment we talk a lot about environment we talk a lot about culture if it's not here it doesn't matter what you do it's not going to work and uh, so it would be very uh, it'd be wonderful if uh, all of you could be here uh, I heard Sunday after church that I'm glad to see Chuck and Chuan Palmer love these people deeply they're awesome people uh, They're very modest people, but I I have to say this, uh, we still deeply appreciate the church van that's out there that they donated a number of years ago to this church, and we still appreciate that deeply. But um, somebody, a little bird whispered that they may be becoming a part of Grace Church again. If I'm over-speaking, forgive me for that, but uh, is that kind of correct? Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. We're glad about that. Very happy about that. Great to see you guys. We love the Palmers. Known them for a long, long time. And they've been such a blessing to Grace Church and we deeply, deeply love and appreciate them. Tonight I want to talk to you about purpose. <clears throat> I want to put a statement on the screen and I want all of you to look at it and I want, it to, I want you to think about it. Think about what you are reading with me. 87% of Protestant Americans do not know their purpose when it comes to attending church if any of you folks have ever wondered why people just don't get up every Sunday morning and go to church like we do, here's your answer now Pentecostals are a little bit different, we have I'm not saying we're hoity-toity or whatever I don't mean to go that path if you take it that way but we do preach a lot of eternity we preach heaven and hell and we preach the uh relationship with god that's uh, a lot of other churches do a lot of other protestant churches do i'm not saying they don't but but um i've been motivated for years by the fact that if i want to go to heaven i need to go to church first i've been motivated by that for a long long time and um uh, if I want to go to heaven, I need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've heard this all of my life, and I, and I believe it, obviously, and you do. You you folks believe it. But everybody don't look at a relationship with God quite like that. They don't. I'm not sure I know why, but they don't necessarily look at it that way. Um, I had a conversation with my pastor one time when I was... In my maybe early 20s, it was before we went into ministry, uh, he came to my house to discuss with Sister Murph and I some things. This is the first time I've ever mentioned this publicly and I will not call anybody's name or what have you. But he came to chat with us about some things and so I said and my little cocky Sounding 23, 24 year old tone of voice. While you're here, I have some questions for you. So, why is it when so and so does something and so and other so and so does something, those so and so does, they're never faithful, they never show up at church, have to call them to come and all that kind of stuff. How come you do that? But with us, you require such discipline and accountability and all of that. And he made a statement to me here goes culture. Everybody, listen, I'll get into this next week's night. Here goes culture. He said that sometimes you have to give people a reason to go to church. That wasn't the culture back then. You were told back then, I was told back then, you better be in this church every time the doors are open or you're going to bust hell wide open. Does anybody feel me here tonight? Four? I wish sometimes y'all could just be a little demonstrative sometimes and just get that hand. just. Goodness, I'm going to just raise my hand when the pastor answers a question. <laughs> um, that wasn't culture back then. And so needless to say, when he left, I r- 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 grumbled and r- r- complained and, r- 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 and all that because I disagreed, strongly disagreed, that um, you have to give people a reason to come to church. But somehow or another, after all of those years, 40-something years, however long it's been, culture has changed. And, and we don't, the old people like me, older people like some of you, we don't like it. We're not comfortable with it. A lot of people don't even agree with it that's my age or even older. But I have kind of reeducated myself on a lot of things and uh, I've come to learn that, that when, when culture demands certain things, uh, it is possible to change your approach. You don't change your message. You don't change the message. But you can change your approach. You can change the way you, you deal with it. I want to say here tonight that from that statement he made in my, in my living room some 40-plus years ago, I can sit here and name person after person after person after person after person by the hundreds that does not attend church anywhere anymore that I used to go to church with when I was that age. Am I being too honest here tonight? Am I being too transparent and open? So <clears throat> they're all over this area, they're all over the United States. I, I was a part of an, an amazing youth group that we've referred to often. A lot of the, the young people that, that we were in youth group together, a lot of those folks don't go to church anymore. Something happened. There was something breached. Well, you can say, well, if they love God. We can say all of those things, and there's a lot of truth to it. There's, there is a lot of truth. I, I've known people, I, I know a man today that went to church as a new convert, prayed through the Holy Ghost, kind of walked in off the street, had no idea that church was going through a split, and found out later the people sitting in front of him came to church one night with a gun in case things didn't go real well that split they're just going to start shooting people and he survived it that is one and 7 billion people on this planet <clears throat> so the reason we're teaching these things tonight is there's there's folks a part of grace church that's from various churches and various cultures and, and various perspectives and, and those kind of things so when pastor gets up and presents things like this and this is why I'm doing it now we're 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 getting kind of past of somewhat the post-covid mentality people are ready to get back to life and living and what have you and where we've a lot of folks have adjusted and we know what to do and not what what not to do and so on I'm spending too much time on this point I just want you to understand tonight. I want everybody at Grace Church to understand. If you're watching live stream, you're gonna watch it later, whatever. But if you put the statement back up there, this is why. This is why. This is why. There it is. People don't go to church. Now we can say, well, if they love God and all of that, say all that they want. What people? What motivates people more nowadays than ever? And it's not only United Pentecostal Apostolics, it's the Charismatics, the Assemblies of God, the Baptist, everybody, all the Protestant churches. What they're realizing now, that there's an age group of people, uh, young married, maybe in their 30s and 40s, and it's drifted all the way down to this age group right here. They need a purpose. When they get to church, they need a purpose. They have to have something to do when they get there does everybody understand that they have to have something to do there's people here tonight you wouldn't be as faithful as you are probably if you didn't have something to do when you got here it's a motivator now whether we agree with that or not makes no difference and we can rear back on our little UPC righteous horse say well I just don't believe y'all you can say that all you want but we've agreed with our attitude in our first presentation that our church can grow we we agreed that it can grow and then last Wednesday night we talked about vision and seeing it growing now we need to start understanding and accepting the methods of how to do it so 87 percent of Protestant Americans do not know their purpose when it comes to attending church that's why they don't go so it does two things purpose is a motivator it motivates people but listen to pastor here's the main point here's the main point and we strive we work hard to do this here at grace church purpose is a motivator but it also gives people value it gives people value and we have to understand that and we try our best to do that here. We try to, our best to do that here. We say it all the time. We, we applaud our serve teams publicly often. We sometimes applaud people. There's, there's people that have told me out of their own mouth that attend Grace Church now that all of my life I, would never, I was never even asked to do anything in church. Never asked. And if you had told me what I'd be doing now, back then, I'd have never believed you. I'd have laughed in your face. So purpose gives people two things. It's a motivation, and it gives them value. And we want to assure everybody here tonight. Um, Brother Henry Swallow has an amazing idea that he'd like to do for our ministry team. It has to do with food, and of course, I jumped all over it. That was a no-brainer man's an incredible cook him and his family they're amazing people but i want him to do that because i want him to know he's valuable here we're not taking advantage of his gift we appreciate his gift you understand that so we have to we have to present grace church to people like that i believe we ought to applaud one another often we need to compliment one another often you're doing a great job sister christie knows is organized kids church they're up there tonight folks down here needs to tell her often you're doing a great job with that not so all the kids are out of the sanctuary and we don't have to mess with them and listen all the racket she's ministering to them she's teaching them she's put together a staff of people she's using some of our our students to, to to accomplish this she's headed in the right direction and we need to applaud that we need to applaud anybody and everybody at Grace Church that's doing something amazing not only for the church but for the kingdom of God and we must understand that everybody has to understand that so let's talk about the wrong concepts or reasons for growing a church we don't grow the church because we need more people serving in some capacity Um, well I've got this idea and you know we'd like to turn the the worship team into a choir So we need to get more people at the church so they can sing in the choir. That's not a reason to grow the church. It's not a reason to grow the church. Um, You don't grow the church because the church needs more money. Well, if we had twice as many people, we could build a new building. That's not a reason to grow the church. The reason you grow a church is because it's biblical. And when you stray from any other reason from that, you're into something that's not correct and it's not accurate. So with all that being said, I want everybody to understand here tonight that this isn't just the pastor's vision. It's one that I'll appreciate you embracing. And most of you that know it and are familiar with it, that we've taught it to, and you've heard it taught, you do agree in what have you. But we believe here at Grace Church, we want to be purpose-driven. We want everybody that attends Grace Church to know that if you need a purpose, if you'd like to be involved on some level, let's... Sit down and have a conversation about it. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit more about that in a minute. But we want everybody involved. Saints should have an active role in leading the church. That's, of course, staying in the parameters of the pastor's vision, obviously, and what have you. Notice Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ we all know that the saints have an active role in the church the saints do the pastor can't do everything i talked to you about that a couple of nights ago in the 70s and 80s the pastor got together a team and, and brought in a speaker and had a conference and had a seminar and had of this and had of that and a program and all of that. And and that's how the church grew. It doesn't work that way anymore. People want to be involved in their church. They want to have a purpose at their church. And so we we engage that, we embrace that here. We want the saints to help lead the growth of the church and the development of its people. I want everybody to understand something here. If people need a purpose to come to church, if it gives them value, it leads to this point. When people come to church, they need to be needed. When people come to church, they need to be needed, and they need to be known. It is very important. We live in a culture right now where people's names are important to them. And I'm as as guilty as sin and uh, and, and remembering a name and and all of that. And the, hey, man, that is just code that I don't have a clue what your name is. Uh, and I struggle with it and I do my best uh, I, I, I do my best to remember our kids names uh, I felt very blessed Sunday as, as people came and, and shook our hand and so on that I could look at their kids and, and call them by name and what have you and it, it makes people feel good when you remember you make an effort to remember their name Now I don't think you have to quote their full name and address, phone number, date of birth and social security number If you can just remember the first name, the last name, something. uh, It shows you're making an effort and that they matter to you. Grace Church, we have to embrace this. When people come, it's, it's not an excuse to say, well, I don't know them. You didn't know anybody when you were born. When you went to school the first day, you didn't know everybody. When you went to your job the first day, you didn't know everybody. At some point, you had to step out somewhere and meet somebody, right? The church is the same thing, and it's, it's not really that hard just to walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm so-and-so, and your name is, well, hey, brother, or whoever it is, hey, Bill or Bob, whatever the name is, we're glad you're here. It makes people feel 10 foot tall. You don't know how many stories I've heard of people who attend churches and no one speaks to them, and they don't go back. And Grace Church can never, ever be guilty of that. People need to be needed and they need to be known. And it's the saints that, that do that. Pastor does it, saints need to do it. The reason we want to do that, it's the greatest need of the human heart. Life doesn't make sense if you don't. If you don't understand value, if you don't understand purpose, then a lot of, a lot of the moving parts of your life is not going to make sense to you. People need something in their life it's bigger than their problem you can't you can't stay motivated continually by a problem in your life Uh, for example the death of a loved one can motivate you to feel certain things and what have you but that even that doesn't last forever in that context Um, you can wreck your car total out your brand new car Um, your house can burn down all these problem things and it can motivate you to want to tell your story and what have you, but it doesn't last forever. After a while, you move on, and, and and people. I've I've know people, I know people, and some of you do too, that they just focus on problems all the time. It's a problem this, a problem that, it's a problem that. The reason they do that is because they've never found anything in their life that they deem bigger than their problem. And this is where Jesus steps in. This is where the church can step in, is, is we can we can offer you something that can give you a greater sense of fulfillment than your problems do it's necessary that grace church connects with that let me share with you eight things this is average with every human it's an average thing with every human eight things that brings fulfillment to a person first of all there's physical needs and this these are statistics that i'm going to give you based on americans first of all there's physical needs there's eat sleep work etc the physical things Only 86% of Americans say they're fulfilled in that area, only 86%. Number two is safety needs. That's security, uh, where you go when you go to the mall, when you go shopping, you go to Walmart, you go to church, wherever it is you go. Security is very important uh, to people, especially in light of terrorism, violence, and so on. Only 75% of Americans say they feel secure. The third thing is love needs, love-based needs. This is relationships with people. This is marriage, family, friends, and so on. Only fifty percent of Americans feel like they have fulfillment in that area. You go right across the aisle and marriages are only lasting only about half of them are, are lasting anymore, so you got a whole lot of the problem right there. Then there's esteem needs. It's where people need to be complimented. You've heard of people of low self-esteem. Uh, people in America have esteemed needs. They need to be complimented. They need to be appreciated. They need to be praised. They need to be thanked. 40%, only 40% of Americans say they feel that way. 60% do not. Over half of Americans. You say, well, people aren't hungry for God. Look at these statistics, and they'll tell you they're hungry for something because the life they're currently living is not bringing them the fulfillment that they could have. The fifth thing is cognitive needs. This is learning. This is, you know, the brain stretch. It's learning more and more. It's staying motivated, you know, to stay fit, to stay healthy, all these kind of things. The sixth thing uh, is aesthetic needs, and it's the need for beauty, to look good, to be presentable, and so on. The seventh need people have is self actualization. It means when they start something, they finish it. When I'm done, I'm done. It's finishing something, it's completing something. Only 2% of Americans feel like they accomplish that in their lives on a regular basis. It's interesting to me that only 0.15% of college graduates feel this way. Only 0.15% feel this way, that when they start something, they finish it. And then the eighth thing is tr- transcendence. It's when people live beyond what they think they can. Uh, particularly when it comes to impacting someone else. We talk about this a lot at Grace Church, to come get, get past yourself, get out of your, your box and what have you. For example, it's when you introduce two people and they get married. It just makes you feel like, man, whew, hell, that was awesome, especially when it's a, su- a success. Now, if they divorce two years later, you don't feel quite so happy about it. But anyway, it was good while it lasted. Uh, Finding someone a job, it it can make you feel good. You you, you help somebody find a job, they've looked for a job, they find a job, they're happy with it. It's bottom line helping someone else be fulfilled. This is a huge part of every person's life in this country that needs to be fulfilled. And very little of it is. So, God's purpose for Grace Church in light of all of this, you'll understand now why we do a lot of things the way we do it you'll understand the reason behind it first of all here at Grace Church we do our very best to make things easy some may agree with that some may disagree with that people that disagree with it are mainly the folks that did not want to comply with what we were asking them to do even though it was easy so they'll make it hard because they don't agree with it but that don't mean it's hard just because you don't agree right uh, it's it's a very simple very easy to understand process uh the way we structure things here the second thing we do here at grace church is we strive to keep a very consistent schedule and we strive to keep most service schedules the same we don't want to mix it up too much we're doing it a little bit here on sundays and it's working beautifully and, but we will tweak that at some point in the future because you don't want people to come on one given Sunday and have this big ta-da, 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 ta-da and the next Sunday they come, you don't have none of that so it makes it look to them like you're being inconsistent and you don't know what you're doing churches have struggled with big Easter, uh, Christmas programs because of this they'll have a lot of guests for their Christmas program you have all this activity and stuff and songs and music and lights and smoke and all that kind of stuff and then you come back the next Sunday and you have half the crowd and it's just the, the old regular worship team up here and pastor gets up and preaches and they're like, well, what happened? I mean, last Sunday I was here and it was whirr And now it's, hmm. So we strive to keep a very consistent service schedule. Uh, we start at the same time. People have said on various Sunday mornings with very events, very certain conditions going on, it could be stormy weather, it could be family night outside, whatever. Could we start not have Sunday school and just have morning worship at 10 and then everybody's out early and we can get back here, you know, for the event on Sunday afternoon? No, we don't do that. Because invariably you're going to have a guest show up at 11 o'clock and church is going to be half over and they don't know what you're doing. So it is very important to us, to keep things easy, to keep a consistent schedule, keep service schedule the same. Um, uh, oftentimes, uh, especially pre-COVID, we have events, we have small groups, etc. cetera, and a lot of times we do things at the same time. The reason we do that is we try to plan, if we do something for, for young married couples, this is especially pre-COVID, if we plan stuff for, for young married couples, then we'd like to try to have something at the same time on campus for the children. So these folks coming to this don't have to look for child care. Y'all say that's a good idea. Thank you. I appreciate that. Here at Grace Church, we endeavor to take people on a journey. We don't want them to just come to a class. We want to take them on a journey. It's our job to take them to, a, to begin a journey with Jesus help develop that journey in every way we can, and then ultimately see them go to heaven. That's our purpose. Um, but we we strive to take people on a journey, not just a class. And everything we do here at Grace Church, and some of you are have here, been here long enough, you've seen it, everything we do here leads to something else. This group of folks sitting on the first two rows up here, we started working with them five or six years ago. Why are y'all looking at me like really <laughs> sister april has banged it out with these some of these if you have on the black call to serve shirt stand up all right i'll do the pictorial here y'all turn around and face that way it wasn't too many years ago that sister april had some of these in their her sunday school class and she would teach 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 work 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 and we've done a thousand other things we were doing kids church Pre-COVID and all that, working, and working, and working. Look at them now. Everything we do here <clears throat> leads to something else. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, young folks. You can be seated. I love y'all deeply, I do. So we 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 do things to to lead to to other things to make people to can, continue to challenge them to grow and as much as possible we make it fun did y'all notice how beautifully and eloquently we gave them their shirt sunday wasn't that sweet and adorable i did my best to hit every one of them in the head with their t-shirt sir that was the point Owen. (laughs) you got the point bud and thank you for saying that anybody else have to duck Brother Henry had the duck back there. I slung one back there and almost hit him with it. But we, everything we do here, we try to have as much fun with it as we possibly can. Uh, we don't always lead with instructions, but we lead with questions. We do that often. When I talk to people, I'll ask them something. Hey, what do you think about this? And Right? And, and we lead with questions, not just saying you're going to do it this way or else. We discuss it. We approach it. And... and um, We want to do it easy and simple as we can. Everybody listen to Pastor. Discernment is essential. It is necessary that the saints of God, I'm not talking necessarily about the spirit of discernment where you can pick out all these things about people or whatever, but surely, surely we're not so aloof that if you know somebody is going through a hard time that you're going to walk up to them on Sunday morning and slap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, man! how you been doing over the past few days please don't be that stupid when you walk up to people do your best to think for a minute just think for a minute and understand if you know them very well what they're going through and what have you you want to be discerning discernment is essential we want to attempt to settle issues not create issues we want to be peaceable make sure people are directed to the right areas surely There's people here tonight that knows where the restrooms are, the nursery room, the mother's room, uh, all of these things. Surely you know where all of these things are. Don't hesitate to help people find. Be available. Be willing to point them to the sign over all the doors. They're all out in the halls. Just follow those signs, and it will get you there. That's not hard to do. Don't just flippantly say, well, go ask somebody else I don't know learn where stuff is listen to the announcements please listen to the announcements if somebody walks up and says hey what about that surely you can give them an answer but to take that a step further we want to direct people to the right areas that's why we do the personality and gifting assessment i don't necessarily agree with asking people to work in a capacity be involved in a capacity at church that they're not gifted and their personality isn't suitable suitable for All excuse me here tonight, but I'm not gonna put some cantankerous old bitty out in the lobby to greet people. That's gonna snarl and growl and bite back and at you and I really don't even want you here. I don't even want to be out here. I'm not gonna put that person out there. I wanna put people, I, I ask people to serve, do the personality, do it's in our grace steps, is our membership classes, but go through personality and gifting. Go through that and learn we've I've witnessed it I've witnessed it I've witnessed it when people go through a gifting assessment they'll say that's why I enjoy doing that or that's why I've worked at a capacity in church that I've never felt comfortable with I'm not gifted in that area and that's why we do it it works beautifully here at Grace Church and it has uh, for a long time leaders know how to move people from here to there it's a journey um, from where they are to move to a more preferred place They're not necessarily in a bad, ugly, horrible, condemnatory, we're going to judge you to hell place. We don't do that. Maybe we can help guide you to a more preferred place. Um, Where you are is not bad, but where you could be is awesome. That's the approach we want to take. We want to hear people say, it's not that I don't want to change. I want to develop. We want to coach people to say that. We want to, we want to have them understand the significance of that. I have preached change for years. People have to change, you have to change, have to change. I've learned, I have learned. I saw a sign the other day, some of you have probably seen it, to all of our young single girls. If you date a guy, the only thing you're gonna change about him is if he's still wearing diapers. Don't ever forget that. People don't change that much what we try to do here at Grace Church is develop people we want to develop them make them more mature, make them more knowledgeable and have them understand kingdom con- concepts we, we do our best to have people wanting and willing to drop their nets whatever it is they're doing and follow Jesus it's discipleships so we plan our events intentionally to build people It's like stacking dominoes. Success is like a snowball. The more you roll it in the right direction, the bigger it gets. We're we're never random here at Grace Church. We're very purpose-driven, and everything we do here has purpose behind it. We never stop recruiting and developing leaders. Church is a people business. Yes, it is. Our goal is to always have more leaders than we need and more money than we can spend. That's our goal. 10% minimum of 10% of all the total Grace Church income goes outside of this church every year. And our church income has grown substantially from the minute we started doing it. You can't outgive God. So if the who is right, our vision, our attitude, our purpose. If the who is right, the what will follow. If we get if we can get these things right, then growth will follow that so in conclusion tonight this is what we look for for potential leaders everybody want to know what we look for I'm glad you ask. I'll tell you this is what we look for in potential leaders first of all they need to be a Christian we want them to be a Christian we ask them to believe our doctrine um, be faithful pay their tithes we look for that we look for character we look for people who are competent We're not gonna ask somebody to help Nate with the media stuff back there when you don't know one thing about a computer. You can, but it will take you a long time to learn. All of that back there is heavily computer driven. So you understand that point. But the fourth thing, and this is so important to me personally, we look for chemistry in people. Chemistry means you have to be a team player. If you're the kind of person that just wants to play in the corner by yourself and and not be bothering anybody else, it's it's not gonna, that approach don't work good here because at grace church you're going to work with other people everybody works together and then we look for people who understands culture and we'll talk about that next Wednesday night. you must understand culture and you must understand environment and the sixth thing we look for in leaders is some kind of calling of uh, an urge uh, a compulsion a desire that I would like to be involved I would like to do more all right so there's four values that we look for in potential leaders first of all there's potential value that's the ability to see something in people to see potential in people we look for leadership people that can do that Uh, I have applauded our church folks Um, Christy knows has just done it uh, actually her and Kelton both they asked Sister Landry to print out everybody in the, in, the, in the church and go through it and say what about this person this person this person I gave her criteria to start kids church first of all I don't want any Sunday school teachers up there on Wednesday night it's not fair it's not fair to do that and made it very hard but she went through there and thought about people doing this and that that I didn't think about and it worked and it's, it, 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 it does work uh, Kelton's done the same thing with, with the men to help him out in the lobby, uh, helping brother Michael Landry. So it's seeing something in people and I applaud both of them for that. The second thing we look for in leadership people is, a, is positive value and we call it the Tigger attitude. I'm almost done. Give me three minutes. Almost done. We have a picture of Tigger. There he is. Does anybody recognize Tigger? Here, get somebody to help you. Get your hand. Get it up there. There you go, Tigger. Here's Tigger. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. Their tops are made out of rubber and their bottoms are made out of springs. They're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Tiggers are wonderful, fellas. Tiggers are awfully sweet. Everyone is jealous, and that's why I repeat, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. Their tops are made out of rubber, and their bottoms are made out of springs, and they're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. We look for people like that. I'm not like that too much. And I'm glad y'all weren't looking for that when I came here 28 years ago. But I try. I try. God knows I try. But buddy, for the people that just kind of float around here, bounce around here with that big smile and all of that, you are amazing. And it is a great attribute to have. So we look for potential value. We look for positive value. Finally, we look for personal value. People who want to do life together. You're not selfish. You're not just, just into yourself all the time. But you're willing to share yourself with others. You're willing to let them share their life with you and what have you. Personal values. And then finally, in conclusion tonight, We look for production value. I I love people, I love working with people who they understand they have to be productive and they have to be self-motivated. I have worked in secular environments on numerous occasions with what I call micromanagers. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a, I worked for a man one time and I I sat at a computer all day doing drafting. Bear with me, Owen. But if you're me and you're drafting, turn just around a little bit. He was this guy. Now, you need to do this and and point and this, and he's laying across my back. And I'm like, dude, if you don't get off of me, this is going to get real ugly. And I finally told him goodbye and went to work somewhere else. We don't do that here. If you tell me that I'm going to do this, Pastor, and we have lots of leaders, uh, serve team leaders here tonight that will tell you that, if you tell me you're going to do that, I believe you. And until there's a problem or whatever, we're good. And if you have a problem or an issue, certainly feel free to come talk to me about it. But more, than, more often than not, and all of you serve team leaders can vouch for me here, more often than not, they'll come back to me and say, hey, you know, I've been doing this for several months now, and um, I've got some ideas how we can make it better. I hear that all the time. I just don't know of many churches the size of ours that does all the stuff that we do. All of this stuff here, they're brilliant back there. I remember when I asked Jonathan Adams to consider running live stream. His job, I thought, kinda had something to do with that. Gonna find out later it really didn't. But he said, okay. And he gave me a list of close to four or $5,000 worth of equipment (laughs) that said, if you want me to do this, this is what I need to do it and I'm not gonna accept anything less. okay I ask what am I going to say now had to do CPR on Sister Murph a few times and you know whatever but look at what we've been able to accomplish and this is the kind of people that we look for here at Grace Church we need purpose in coming to church and I hope all of you understand that and here at Grace Church we don't say it enough I don't know how to say it more I don't know how to say it better but everybody here in this building means more than you know to this church whether you're the the very behind the scenes people such as our media booth or all of these people up here our lobby people you people are amazing Nancy y'all do an amazing job Um, Fallon uh, Lisa y'all are incredible at what you do we're able to keep very tight very good records at our church because of what y'all do the warmness the kindness when people walk in we hear it often our kids ministry on sunday morning and wednesday night what and i'm so thankful it's up and running on wednesday night this is what we come up with when you can do that on a consistent basis i love our sunday school staff who am i leaving out y'all help me i won't leave anybody out uh lisa has helped has has took the lead on organizing Various church dinners, various events. I can call her within three or four days and say, hey, pastor has an idea. Can you do it? It's always a yes. Always a yes. I called her one time here recently, and she was out of town. I said, I know you're out of town. She said, it don't matter. Go ahead. When I talked to her when she was out of town. Uh, You don't know what you folks mean to to this church. I want to say to pastor, but I don't want to sound selfish, what you mean to this church, this community. We love all of you and thank all of you thank you for what you do here at Grace Church for what you give for what you do every Sunday every Wednesday whatever it is and you're always here faithful helping building I'm gonna say it one more time but this right here is a byproduct of a lot of hard work a lot of hours a lot of commitment a lot of devotion and you know what we've got another group behind them coming We got got another group behind that group coming. We're dedicating one Sunday to bring it really into perspective. I do remember when some of these kids was born. With some of them, I was there. And look where they are now. We have one child in our, uh, one student, I should say, in our church that was voted on by his classmates to be the next governor of Louisiana. But on top of that we have the future president of the united states voted on by his classmate i love our i love our students i love our people so thank you tonight thank you for your time and attention and let's be purposeful in everything we do our nursery care people that take care of babies during sunday morning so i could go on and on but i love and appreciate everybody brother mike brother kelton doing a great job doing a fantastic job god bless you You may be dismissed from the seated position. Go and get your kids upstairs if you have any up there. Y'all have a great night, and we'll see you Sunday.